Welcome everyone to the social van Feeling Kyle sick of the bullshit So here they are, represent plus Ready to turn every podcast to dust So sit down and shut the fuck up Cause when in doubt, fuck your couch Welcome everybody to the social van What up y'all, this is KMB the Sexy Ninja In the place to be, as always I have a special guest, beyond special this this ninja has created something that a lot of ninjas, you know, want to create and they never take the initiative to. But this ninja did it. May wrote a book. And would you like to introduce yourself, good sir? Uh, my name is Jason Weber. I am the author of this book, Purple, Purple Bananas: How Prince Saved Me and Other Selections from the Soundtrack to My Life. I just want to say thank you for having me on here today. Oh, yes. And I, I got to tell you, first off, the, the starting of the book and how Prince's death uh, impacted you so hard. I remember the day as well because I'm, I'm huge on Prince. And, I, and some of the things you said that I just connected with that I love, one of my favorite things was like when people hate on the new stuff he was doing. And I was just like, his new stuff is still rocking to the old stuff. Like, Prince is a genius. So. I gotta ask first, you know, is what Prince album do you go to, especially in that time of grief or something just to remember him by and just keep remembering him? What's the album? Well, back then when he first when he first passed away and I was soaking in everything. I mean, honestly, I started with with what was uh, what was new at the time, which was uh, hit hit and run phase one and phase two. Those were the albums that he had just put out right before he passed, and uh, there's some serious funk on there. You know, I mean, those two, the last two albums he recorded were, abs- were absolute bangers. And um, I remember listening to him with Violent J and uh, both and both of us were like, oh, this, this is the shit, you know. And, uh, you know, Prince never lost his touch. He had a couple albums that kind of went off in different directions, but um, that I didn't really care for. But um, by and large, he just he just uh, schooled it um, with with every album he did. Um the usual Prince albums I go back to like today and uh, listen to when I'm craving Prince, I'll go to purple rain. Of course, that's, that's a classic. I'll go to dirty mind uh, from 1980, which I think is the album that made him Prince. Um, that's when he started singing about sax and, uh, and was being and decided that he was going to show people that he was going to do something that was different. Um, Sign of the times, of course, um, the gold experience, gold experience is one of my favorites. Um, I loved Emancipation. Um, I loved a lot of stuff he did in, in the '90s and, and the aughts. You know, I loved. Uh, I mean, I loved uh, Musicology. I loved Thirty One Twenty One. You know, so um, so yeah. There's. Uh, I, I I'm a fan of his catalog from very fir- from the very first album he put out, which was For You back in '78, all the way up to Hit and Run. So uh, it's all it's all good to me. Oh yes, uh, you mentioned Musicology, and I remember when Musicology dropped, and I was like the the ground and the earth was shaking with how fresh that album is all together yeah. you know and for me like when we lost prince it was it was devastating especially to the music world and i'll say it right here i was a bigger prince guy than i was michael jackson you know no 
no offense to Michael. Michael's the legend as well. But Prince was my the the artist I inspired to be. And I, and I like what cues and what life lessons do you take from Prince? Like do you apply to yourself. And obviously the title of the book, Purple Bananas, you know, very influenced by Prince. Work hard. First and foremost, work hard. Prince was a workaholic. He worked on music every day of his life. Um, he he did not stop hustling. Um and uh, I've adopted his uh, his um, work ethic in my own life, and it's and uh, that's you know I get asked all the time, how did you write a book? Simple simple answer is I busted my ass um, from writing it to planning it to editing um, to um, just um, hustling to get it out, and um, I got that work ethic from Prince because he was always creating something, he was always working. Um, and uh, because it was something he believed in, it was his passion. Writing is one of my passions, and so it didn't really feel like work. It just, but it did feel um, like I was creating something, and uh, that's what Prince did with, with his music. So I took that away. I also took away, um, uh, don't be afraid to be a nonconformist. Don't be afraid to be something different than uh, everybody else. I mean, the thing I loved about Prince is that there was nobody who looked like him sounded like him or acted like him anywhere in, in the music world. I mean, there was just one Prince, you know, there, there were no, there were um, in the eighties, there were some Prince clones that tried to emulate him or, and were always inspired by him, but there was only one, you know, and that was uh, so. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the other two big lessons that I took from Prince and still practice to this day is uh, just bust your ass and work hard at whatever your passion is. And don't be afraid to be yourself. Prince sang a lot about, about nonconformity and the power of it in a lot of his work. Um, you look at songs like My Name is Prince, um, I Rock, Therefore I Am, from a Chaos and Disorder. It's a great, um, you know, be who you are anthem. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just loved him for that. Still do. Awesome. You know, and with that, you know, is that what two you saw when you were working with the insane clown posse. Cause you know, they're standing the test of time forever and always as well, especially when you worked at psychopathic records, I know it was a big job. You know, everything you did, is that what you saw in insane clown posse when you started working with them and started seeing their work ethics just as well? Yes. Oh my God. Um, I'll tell you this much right now. Um, Violent J and Shaggy are two are, uh, I mean, they're extremely hardworking men. You know, they, I mean, they, I mean, Coming from Detroit, you know, they've got that that Midwest blue-collar attitude, you know, so they've got that that work ethic just built into them. And um, but even though I've even though I've always prided myself on a good work ethic, when I started working with psychopathic, I mean I had to step up because there are no because if you're a uh, if you take the easy way out, if you um, want to um, just just take it easy or uh, pass work off to somebody else, you're gonna get squashed. Because they're just so, because I, uh, psychopathic was a juggernaut, you know, just kept on going and going and going. And if you don't hold on to it, you know, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get ground up, you know? So it was, um, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely took a lot of, um, of, um, inspiration from psychopathic and, uh, it kind of matched up with my, uh, you know, I, I already had that Prince like work ethic and it, it's a damn good thing I did because I probably would, um, I probably wouldn't have made it for five years without psychopathic if I hadn't. So that's awesome. You know, and what what's crazy too is with um your book, what what drove you to be like, you know what? 
I'm going to write a book because a lot of people can say things and do things, you know, and, and then it just kind of wanders off into the distance, but then you're just like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And I can tell by the way you're, the way you're talking is your work ethic is very strong. Like what brought on this project for you? Um, in 2016, after Prince died, I was just so distraught, you know, um, because 2016, I mean, before 2020, 2016 was like the worst year, like worst year of my life, you know, because I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it starts out with David Bowie dying, who was another one, one of my favorite singers, you know, David Bowie dies, Prince, Prince dies. Um, you know, we had the elect, we had the election of Donald Trump. Um, you know, we had, um, you know, George Michael dies in, in December. I mean, it was just like, it was just a shit year, you know, um, I, um, but I was really inspired because um, I had to do something that was going to work off that 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 sadness, that grief, and because uh, I had never really had anybody that who, who I was that close to uh, pass away like that. Because I mean, I've had fam family members die and everything, but I never had somebody who I was emotionally and spiritually that close to pass away. And Princess Music meant so much to me. Um, so I decided, I basically just started writing it, um, as a way to deal with my grief. And, um, as I started doing that, I noticed that I kind of started to see a pattern. It's like, you know, my entire life, Prince has had, had been there. It's like my Jiminy Cricket. And I, I realized that in order to really, um, write my way out of my grief that I needed to go back and I needed to, um, I need to examine and turn over those rocks of, of just, just how deep did Prince's influence run in my life. And as you can tell from the book, it ran very, very deep. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, I started writing the book in December of 2016 and I finished in uh, probably January or February of this year. So it, it took four years to write. Um, you know, it's, it, this wasn't an easy, this wasn't, this wasn't an easy thing to do because I mean, I'm, I'm writing about a lot of very, very painful things. I'm writing about um, stuff that's uh, is possibly going to get me in trouble with family members, friends, what have you. And um, so, yeah, it took, uh, it, it took a while because I had to mentally prepare myself for the uh, fallout and I'm still trying to prepare myself for the fallout. So, you know, so. What I think, too, is going to benefit is, you know, with 2020 being a shit year and everyone just staying home is they have the option to read, you yes. know. And so, so I think definitely now was, the I think, the best time to put out a book just because yeah. these people can be like, OK, well, I got something to do. I got something to read. And I, I want to know, do you think there's going to be a follow up? Or are you still like, let's embrace this first. Let's uh, see how this book turns out. Or are you already thinking about another one? I'm already thinking about about uh, about another book. Actually, I'm actually thinking about a, a few books. Um, you know, it's um, I te technically I've been a writer since I was in high school. I started writing uh, for my um, hometown newspaper when I was still in high school. Um, I started and uh, in my 20s I was the um, town film critic, which was kind of cool. You know, um, so I've always been a writer, but until I published the book. I never really felt like one. Now I can say I'm a writer, you know, and it's, uh, it's, and that's a great feeling. It's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Um, I feel like an underground rapper who just, who just put out his first album is how I feel, you know, and that's kind of how I'm promoting it. I'm trying to, um, 
you know, I'm trying to uh, appeal to uh, Prince fans, Juggalos, um, and uh, people who are really into music, you know, because those are the people who are going to buy the book, and at least at first. And uh, so, um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that some um, because of, of the pandemic and everything stuff that yeah, people are in the mood to read a good story, and um, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. It's, it's selling very very well so far, so I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Is there, uh, you know, with putting together a book and planning it and stuff, was, was there some things that were left out that you're like, ah, oh, I wish it was in the book, but next one, baby, next one. Sure. Um, there's stuff, there's stuff I left out, um, without thinking about it. Um, honestly, it, I, I was re I was rereading the book uh, a while back and, um, after, after it got uh, printed and everything. And, um, yeah, there, there was a handful of little anecdotes that I wish that uh, I had now mentioned in the book. I could have told more ICP stories. I could have, uh, to- you know, I could have told more stories about my parents. You know, I, I um, there was one, there was one story that I wanted to put into the book, but I didn't because I was worried. I was worried it was, it was going a little bit too long. Um, and that happened last Halloween. Um, I was before the pandemic. I uh, wore my Prince costume into a uh, costume contest at a strip club and I came in second place. And I won 300 bucks and that helped pay my rents. So uh, <laughs> that would have been, that, that may have been a, a cool story for the book, but uh, I was at that point, I was just like, it's like, okay, no, there's, there's enough in there, you know, but um, certainly when you're writing a book, you have to, uh, you have to keep some stuff out. You have to, to uh, chop up and edit, um, you know, stuff to make it um, cohesive and readable for people. So yeah, that happens. And did you um, ask, because, you know, Violent J wrote Behind the Paint. Did yes. you ask him a lot of questions to be like, hey, like, what did you do to put yours together? No, um, I just, um, I've read a lot of music bios. And um, like some of my favorite writers are people who write biographies, like Chuck Klosterman, um, Rob Sheffield. These are people who have written music, music-related memoirs for a number of years. And um, so I basically, I basically just um, tried to get, draw inspiration from them. I didn't really talk to Violent J uh, when I was uh, when I was writing the book, um, but I'd read Behind the Paint so many times, and uh, that's one one of my favorite books. And um, so it de- so his book definitely inspired me to write my own book, absolutely. But I didn't get any personal advice uh, directly from from uh, from Jay. So. Okay, and you know, and with that, and I know we're we're still in the book phase, you know, uh, um, a potential audio book, you know, and with what he did with Behind the Paint, you know, adding the extra little flavor of more things on top of the book. Yeah, do you, do you think an audio book is uh, in the future? If if the book sells, yeah, absolutely. I've already had I've already had two people ask me about an audio book, um, and um, yeah, if it sells. If there's a demand there, sure, I'll I'll rent some, rent some studio time. I'll do it. Um, I actually I actually was the uh, project manager of uh, Violent J's audiobook, actually, and that was a uh, that was a fun project to work on. So, yeah, I'd yeah, love- it it takes a lot to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna read this book into a mic, and you know, with that, you have to have personality. So. In that mm-hmm. process, you know, how, how much fun was it or times you had to stop with Jay and be like, hey, okay, wait, 
Can you reread that again? Can you reread that again? Or, you know, how many cues and. Oh, there was a lot. There was a lot of that when he was recording it. Um, you know, um, I was mostly, I wasn't really involved in the recording of his audiobook, but I was, I was in charge of like the packaging. I was in charge of just getting it out. And, um, I remember um, when we were working on that, you know, I, I, I designed the little uh, flash drive with the book and the little uh, ICP thing on top that came out. That was, that was uh, my creation, which I'm proud of. Um, yeah, it's um, a lot goes, a lot goes into an audiobook. It's uh, it was, that was, that was, that was a long drawn out uh, project to work on. And uh, Violent J, um, he spent weeks in the booth just reading um, for for the uh, audiobook and uh, and I admired his stamina, so that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And you know, with and I, I was looking at your basically your resume, like you've done a lot. You know, working with the mayor. Um, yeah. You know, so give us a little bit of history, of like not the you know the build up to psychopathic, but what got you into the entertainment business and working in politics. You know. Well, what was interesting was, well, politics is also another side of the entertainment industry, especially nowadays in the Trump with the Trump administration. Um, I was working at, um, I was I was a newspaper editor in Toledo, Ohio. I was the editor of the Toledo City Paper, which is kind of like the Village Voice of uh, Northwest Ohio. I was doing that for about four and a half years, and I was just getting kind of kind of tired of it. I was getting kind of burned out. Um, but at the time, uh, the mayor of Toledo, who was this man named Cardi Finkbeiner, Cardi um, had um, said at, at a press conference that if there was any young person that was thinking about leaving Toledo because they couldn't find a job, to have that he encouraged them to send him his resume, to send him their resume, and that he would help them find a job. So I took him up on that, and uh, I dropped off a resume, I dropped off some work samples and everything. And then Cardi calls me up and um, basically um, offers me a job eventually, which I didn't, but I had no intention of getting into politics. I really didn't. I was looking for a job in public relations, marketing, something like that. I had no intention of going into politics. But when he offered me a job, I, I took it because I knew it would, it would look fantastic on a resume and uh, I knew it would be a experience that I never uh, would forget. And oh boy, I didn't. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that was, uh, politics, politics was a, was a thing I only did for a couple of years, but, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I certainly saw a different side of humanity. That's for sure. <laughs> so. And like you said, with, uh, entertainment, you know, and I saw a picture that you posted on your Facebook, uh, with Emilio Estevez and is there any yeah, yeah. other crazy celebrities that you've come across in your time where you're just like, Holy crap. I've just met blank, you know? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, um, Emilio Estevez, I met him um, when I was working down in Dayton for the mayor down there. Um, but I, when I was working, when I was working in, in um, when I was working for the newspaper, um, I got to interview a lot of celebrities. I got to interview Alice Cooper, uh, Ryan Dunn from Jackass, Ron Jeremy, um, a, a lot of different um, celebrities who came to the uh, Toledo area. And, th and that was cool. When I worked at psychopathic and we, we were running the gathering every year. Oh yeah. I got to meet like tech nine. I got to meet Ritz. I got to meet, um, 
just uh, almost everybody who uh, we who we uh, we've had at that gathering. I, I I got to meet, and it was basically just like saying hey, like hey man, what's up, you know. But um, no, it was fun. You know, it's always fun to meet uh, to meet some artists and uh, musicians and actors that you admire. That's really really cool. So, but um, yeah, I got a couple um, you know celebrity stories. Like I remember I was starstruck when I was working my first gathering and I had to drive vanilla ice to the porta potties, you know, he, uh, he needed a ride to, uh, he had to, uh, take a leak. So, uh, I told him here, hop on, and then I gave him a ride to the porta potties and I'm making small talk with him. And, and that was cool. I mean, as a kid who grew up in the nineties, I mean, that was, that was just, that was just a really surreal experience. That was fun. Speaking of the gathering and you, you know, not be having a gathering this year, is there uh, any story that comes to mind that you think is just the craziest thing you've ever witnessed at a gathering or situation, you know, just for people who can't go to the gathering right now, just to have some fun stories to talk about? Oh, man. <laughs> the gathering, um, all gatherings are crazy and all gatherings have stories. Um, they're just, uh, they're just absolute, just bonkers. Um when you're there at the gathering, all you're basically doing is running around putting out little fires. You know, there's just, there's just, and, and when you're working at the gathering, you are so, um, you're so busy that you don't really have a chance to really partake of any of the flavor that's going on around you. You know, um, as far as crazy stories go, when I worked in psychopathic, I mostly worked with, with, with jump steady, um, at, on, on the gathering. So a lot of the craziness was, um, just um all right like here's a, like here's a crazy here's a crazy story i can't believe i'm telling this but what the hell um i used to run the juggalo gong show and um one of the things that we did on, with the gong show was um you had to um we had to come up with really really like crazy prizes you know we had like sex toys and shit like that and everything and and one of the prizes that i had to i had to get was a pair of um was a pair of panties that were that were worn by a virgin, and uh, not exactly an easy thing to find in the juggalo world. <laughs> but I did find a pair of used virgin panties from a and uh, and uh, by God, I made it happen. So, but I, I but I'm able to call uh, girls who I'm friends with, asking if I can uh, asking if they're a virgin and uh, asking if I can have a pair of. Um, their underwear for to a give out as a uh, prize at the gong show. And, um, that was, uh, that was an, an, an interesting assignment. So <laughs> that's not in the book. <laughs> that's, <laughs> um, you know, when you being around a lot of artists, you know, especially, you know, like you said, you've always been a writer, and have you ever been inspired to do music? Because you know, music's a big part of your life. Like, was there yes. ever a time where you're like, I just want to, I want to make a rock album, hip hop album, something? I have always wanted to be a member of a band. I've always wanted to be a frontman. You know, I've always wanted to be the lead singer. Um, I mean, my life was Ray. I mean, I, my my heroes are you know people like Prince, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, even Elvis. I mean, I was just raised with that larger than life performer um you know kind of uh, a aesthetic and um so yeah i've always i've always wanted to be a singer in a band i never actually recorded anything um and i actually did try try to start a band like i put a, like i put when i was working for the newspaper we, i put a little ad 
in the back of the paper looking for um, looking for players, but nobody really responded because I, I was interested in doing um, most of my influences were kind of um, based on like eighties synth pop, like Duran Duran and stuff like that. You know, the, you know that's kind of stuff I want to sing. I want to sing you know Duran Duran, Pet Shop Boys, you know, but also have a little bit of Marilyn Manson in there as well. It's where we actually rock. Um, and uh, couldn't really find anybody whose uh, whose major influences were Prince and the Pet Shop Boys and Duran Duran. <laughs> um, when I worked at Psychopathic, though, I did actually cut a rap out. I did actually cut a rap song. It was a snippet of one, actually. Um, I had played the uh, main character of Willie Fudge in one of the uh, Gathering infomercials, and um, we actually recorded um, a snippet of me uh, of me rapping. Which and I actually wrote 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 a rap song and everything for it, and um, it ended up on YouTube. And for about three days, there was some speculation that I was going to be signed psychopathic. Like there was a guy who went on on there, was like, "Is J Web the next psychopathic album? <laughs> the next psychopathic artist?" And I was flattered. I really was, you know. Because but that's something I did as a joke, you know. Was was getting talked about like that. That was just fun. So, um, um. My life still isn't over yet, so I still might form a band. So if anybody out there um, is really into, um, you know, just making good, uh, fun rock and roll based on, you know, and your influences are the Pet Shop Boys and Duran Duran and Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson, call me. <laughs> we'll put something together. So and to say to somebody who's listening right now who is stuck trying to make something for themselves, trying to, you know, create something, what would you say to them just to inspire them to be like, hey, look, I did it, you can do it, but here's some tools that I can give you to push yourself forward. What I would, what I would tell anybody who is, who is uh, trying to create something and they might be stuck, whether it's writer's block, whether it's, it's, it's music, it's musician block, um, or it's just simple procrastination. I would tell them that when you actually complete a project like that, whether it's an album, whether it's a book, whether it's a movie, um, when you actually complete a project and you see it in all the, of its splendor, and when you actually pick it up and hold it in your hand, you're it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth um, having to get up early, having to stay up late. It's going to be worth um all those sleepless nights, it's going to be worth um, all the frustration and uh, everything that you, that you pour into that project. It's all worth it. Because um, when I held my own book in my hands, um, next to holding my daughter in my hands, uh, this, this, that was the greatest moment, moment of, my, of my life. And it was just great. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, tell, I would tell anybody, um, do it. I mean, I still ask to this day, what would St. Clown Posse do? You know, I mean, you, you read behind the paint, and um, what's the what's the biggest thing you take away from that? You take away you take away their work ethic. You take away violent how much um, how much Jay and Shaggy um, busted their asses, and Billy Bill and Alex too. You know, I mean, just everybody just came together to make that a reality, and that's how you got to be. I mean, you you just have to um, you just have to have to force yourself to um you know kind of put your your nose to the grindstone and just say i believe in this so much that i'm willing to be uncomfortable temporarily so i can pull this off and if you can if you can 
force yourself to think in that mindset, it's so worth it. You will, you will be happy in the end when you're, when you're holding your own project in your hand and it's done and you can say, I did this or me and my homies did this, dude, it's the best, it's, it's the best, it's the best feeling in the world. What's the future hold? Like what's next? Like, you know, I know you said that book, you're already thinking about several books now. Like what's the next move, you know? Well, I want to, um, I want to take this book and I want to, um, just go as far as I can with it. Um, it's already been selling really, really well, um, way on the underground, but I want to take it mainstream. Uh, I think it's good enough to be mainstream and, um, having self-published it, I am, um, I'm responsible for whether it succeeds or fails. And, um, as far as I'm concerned, failure is not an option. So I just want to take it and I just want to work it until it's on the, it's on the, um, top shelf at Barnes and Noble, you know? Um, so I'm ready to put in the, in, in the work. I'm, uh, you know, losing sleep over it. Just, I mean, it's, it's just another project for me. You know, it's like, okay, I wrote the book. Now let's work the book, you know? And that's what, and that's what uh, ICP did back in the days of Carnival of Carnage and the Ringmaster. You know, they just worked it every day. They got up and they just worked about it. Um, I remember at the very first, at the, at the second gathering, the one in uh, Toledo, Ohio, back in, uh, back in 2001, somebody asked Violent J at the ICP seminar, you know, when you get out of bed, you know, what gets you out of bed, basically? And um, Violent J said two things. Ned and ICP, and that's all I think about every day. Well, Ned and my projects, that's all I think about every day, <laughs> you know. So it's, um, so it's, uh, so yeah, you know, you have to find something that you have to find something that's going to, um, that, that that's going to obsess you, you know, just find something that means so much to you that you would, that you're willing to risk being uncomfortable. So, uh, you know, while it's being made, you know, because eventually, it will get done and you're going to feel so much better. You know, it's, it's so, so yeah, that's basically, um, it's, but as far as what's next, yeah, like I said, I, I just got to work on the book. I, I want it to uh, go as far as it can go and just start working on, on the, on the next two books. Before we get going, I have one more question. Cause uh, I was coming back to something you said you, you were doing movie critic wise. What's your favorite genre, which, you know, what type of movies intrigue you and just, and maybe too, you never know. You could write a movie one day. Um, I'm actually trying to sell the film rights to this uh, because I think that I, I think the film because I think there is a movie here. Um, you know, um, but so yeah, no, I'm a huge I'm a huge film buff. And um, as far as what kind of movies I like, I have a very warped sense of humor. Imagine that. So um, my my music my my taste in movies. I tend to like a lot of cult classics. Like I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love the films of David Lynch, like Eraserhead and Twin Peaks. I love the films of John Waters, uh, Pink Flamingos, Female Trouble, Hairspray. Um, I like a lot of movies that um, are subversive, you know, and explore kind of difficult things, like Fight Club. That's one of my that's one of my, my uh, favorite films. Donnie Darko. Um, I love Kevin Smith movies a lot, you know. So I like a lot of so I, my my tastes are, are extremely varied, but some. Um, I like I like directors who really who really have something to say. You know, that's really my thing. I like directors and screenwriters that really that have a personal vision and are trying really hard to uh, present it. And um, so, yeah, that 
those those are the kind of films I like. You know, Quentin Tarantino is, is a favorite of mine. Um, I love um, the films of Gene Campion, like The Piano. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I can I can sit here and talk and talk movies about movies with you all day. <laughs> Most definitely, I'm a big movie buff as well. But um, before we get out of here, um. I'm going to give you the floor so you can plug and I'll make sure that we'll have the plugs and descriptions and everything in the description of this episode. So the floor is yours. Well, thanks. Um, the only thing I had to say is, well, first of all, thank you for letting, for letting me uh, come on here with you. I really appreciate it, man. Um, the only thing I like to say is um, I want to say a big uh, shout out to um, everybody in the juggalo family. Um, you guys have been some of my, my biggest supporters. I love you all. Um, whoop whoop, and uh, I really appreciate your support. Um, go check out, out my book. It's called Pur- Purple Purple Bananas. Um, there are some chapters in there about uh, me working for ICP. Some of them are funny, um, and um, I'm just really really thrilled to be able to um, have written a book that's speaking to people. That's a great feeling. You, c- I, I could not, I could not ask for a better feeling in the world. So. Thank you to, to everybody, and uh, thank you for uh, letting me be on here today. I, I appreciate it. No problem. And like I said, I was so excited when you said yes. I was like, oh, sweet, because usually when I get rejection, I'm like, ah, but when I get a little <laughs> bit of uh, like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so oh, it's my pleasure, man. And oh. uh, with every guest, uh, we have a saying around here. It's our catchphrase, if you will. Um, when I say when in doubt, uh, both of us will say fuck yo couch Okay Alright y'all well thank you so much for coming on I appreciate it um, I hope you enjoyed the episode like and subscribe Share with your grandma share with your grandpa share with the bum down At Walmart And as always when in doubt Fuck yo fuck couch, couch.